Lane. Entertaining new possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. Shows for the whole family. Waterbury Palace, your palace, your place. Waterbury Palace and good morning, everybody, and thank you for listening on this little chilly Friday morning, but it is Friday. The weekend is here, and um, I don't know about you, but I've had a great past week, and I have to tell you, um, first of all, my name is Sherry Marcucci, as Tom mentioned, and I'm here with your palace, your place, presented by the Palace Theater in Waterbury, Connecticut. And if you are a local listener, I'm sure you've been to the palace. If you're listening, to this and you're, you know, far afield, do yourself a favor and make a visit to Waterbury's Palace Theater some point in your life because it is spectacular. And just to um, kind of highlight that, uh, yes, last evening, last evening, Waterbury had um, an opportunity, uh, uh, an event at the Palace Theater that is I called it epic, and it is. We presented Deepak Chopra. And for those of you who are into you know, new age, self-help, um, actualization, whatever you want to call it, um, transcending uh, philosophies, this is this is huge. He's you know pals with Oprah. Okay, she took him under her wing, and but I mean he's been around for a long, long time. His work is um, very well known. He's a prolific author. We had fifteen over fifteen hundred actually people at the Palace Theater last night, mesmerized. Just you know, I I mean. Uh, every word he spoke, people were like just grasping onto, and uh, he led us in a group meditation. Even it was, it was, it was a fantastic event. And you know, for somebody of his stature to come to Waterbury, Connecticut, was huge was huge and we are so thankful he um, he came and um, shared his um, he's brilliant he's a doctor uh, uh, of course and um, but just a brilliant brilliant person and um, you know I, I I know he's changing lives so that was just something spectacular to be part of and to witness. Um, I also want to mention something personal. And this show is, of course, the Palace Theater's vehicle. But I have to say something. Last night, before the Deepak Chopra event began, um, I was busy doing things I had to tend to for the engagement. And um, one of our other staff came and said she had a bag in her hand. And she said, somebody left this for you. It had my name on it. Well, I was busy, and I, I didn't get to even peek into it, and I didn't know who left it. And I actually even left it in my car overnight, um, forgetting you know, to bring it into my house last night. This morning, I opened it up, and um, I, I just I started crying because it was from... And if you're from Waterbury, you know these lovely ladies, Nikki and Dawn Myrano. Okay, they're legendary for their kindness. They run a funeral home um, with their brother Phil. Uh, but what they did was, my, oh, and we just lost our dear little dog, 
and a couple of weeks ago. And inside their package was a beautiful card. But when I opened the box, there was a framed picture of my little doggy, Sassy, who they must have gotten it off of Facebook. And it says, thanks in her little Christmas sweater. Thanks for everything. I had a wonderful time. I mean, my husband and I both were crying. And I, I just want to say... I know Dawn and and Nikki. You 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 probably are listening, and um, you you two are just beautiful souls, and we're lucky to have you in this community. So I just want to say thank you publicly for your kindness. Anyway, on a more um, upbeat note, we have a lot coming to the palace, and. In in a couple of weeks, I'm actually going to be, on March 11th, I'm going to be up at Aria with the Unico Club. Um, they have their corned beef and pasta vazul event the week before Thanksgiving. And the reason I'm going to be there is because we have Jersey boys coming to the Palace Theater on St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. And so I thought, what a great opportunity to you know give some information out. And we'll offer a discount. So if you haven't gotten your tickets yet to Jersey boys, and you want a little discount, go to the Pasta Vazul and uh, Corned Beef event at Aria, sponsored by Unico Club on uh, on March 11th. And you'll uh, get a flyer with a little um, code and a discount on those tickets. So, you know, if you're one of those people who either you're not Irish or um, you may be half of an Irish-Italian Irish couple and you want to do your thing and come see Jersey Boys and the other one wants to have their corned beef, you could do that, too. Have your corned beef and eat it, too. Something like, and have your Jersey Boys, too. That's, <laughs> so, anyway, that's happening. And now we've got a busy morning, so I'm going to turn right to my first guest. Who um, I got a call a while back from a woman who used to be a, she was a fabulous volunteer um, when I worked moons ago, many, 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 many moons ago for Big Brothers Big Sisters. And her name was Marie Arcillo. Well, she called me because she's now a volunteer. She, by the way, was the National Big Sister of the Year back in the 80s. She she was a wonderful, she is a wonderful lady. Mm -hmm. Anyway, she's now a volunteer for Literacy Volunteers of Greater Waterbury. And she was asking, I think, for um, maybe a, a donation for one of their upcoming fundraisers. Um, they have their gala coming up in April. Anyway, I said, you know, Marie, I said, I would love to have somebody from the organization on to talk about literacy volunteers. So this morning, I have, and I have a virgin with me this morning. She, <laughs> I have Diane. Denise. Denise, I'm sorry. Denise Calabrese, who, who has never been on the radio before, she tells me. Correct. And And her um, very, um, I think, astute colleagues are helping her um, spread her wings. And she is the program manager, director. director, for, I'll get her name and her title right sooner or later. Denise, she is the program director for Literacy Volunteers of Greater Waterbury. So thank you for being here this morning. Thanks for having me. Oh, our pleasure. And literacy volunteers, I have a personal history with them because I've worked with them in some other capacities in, in other um, uh, positions I've had in, in my lifetime. And I think it's a wonderful organization to, to think that there are still people today who even I know some are not English speaking. So that Correct. makes sense. Yes. From, yes. But there's also people who are native born and are, don't know how to read. That's oh, right. correct. I know it's shocking. It is shocking. Now, you have a long history with, you worked in the New Haven Literacy Volunteers, correct. and now you're with our Waterbury um, branch. So, first of all, 
what, what do you do? What does Literacy Volunteers actually do? Literacy Volunteers is a nonprofit organization that recruits and trains and supports volunteers to become tutors to adult learners. Okay. So, so you yeah. serve adult learners. Correct. And from any kind of... We serve them from 14 different towns in our area. Um, we... We, we do basic literacy, which is for the English speakers, and ESL, which is for um, people born in foreign countries and don't speak English well. ESL, English as a second, second language, language for those who might not know what the acronym is. Okay. Um, where's the greatest need right now? I know you you really want to recruit volunteers. You're, you have a waiting list. We have a waiting list of over 20 people. 20 people who have a desire and are motivated to learn, Correct. which is a wonderful thing. I mean, that's, I think, so important. So are you looking more for um, ESL tutors? Uh, where's the greatest need right now? The greatest now? need is ESL. Every week there's people walking, even though we have a list, a waiting list of 23, people are walking through the door every single day looking for help to learn uh, to speak and read and write English. So here's my question. I'm, I'm thinking, and I'm sure people listening might be thinking this. Okay, I don't know another language. How can I be of service? Can I be of service? We prefer you not to speak their language because then they use it as a crutch. Okay. They, they default to that language if they know you speak it. So I do not need to speak a foreign language to be a tutor to somebody who needs to learn English as their second language. Correct. It's an English immersion Good program. Good to know. Yep. English okay. immersion. E English. An English immersion program. They're immersed right into immersion. English. Immersion. Okay. Yep. That's a... That, and, I mean, studies, I think, show that that is the best way to learn a foreign language, especially as an adult. That's correct. Okay. So because not as children, they are kind of like sponges. Yes. They can adapt a lot more easily than an adult learner. What, what, what skills does um, a potential volunteer need to bring? Well, they have to have a command of the English language. That would be good. And also, um, <laughs> well, okay. they need patience, non-judgment. Because it's difficult, especially for English English speakers, to walk through that door to admit to someone they don't know that they can't read. Sure. So, um, and non-judgment from, from where people come from, um, which, you know. Sure, sure. Um, and, under, you know, compassion. Compassion is huge in this um, in this endeavor that we do to teach adults. You have to feel for it. Because they have, adults have their whole life history. And they have families and a job and issues. Sure. And sometimes they don't show up, and it may be because their car broke. And so they don't think to call because, okay, i got to get the car fixed. i got to go to work tomorrow. Right. That's you know? their priority right, right then, right, what's right. right in front of them. And, and, and that makes sense, especially if, you're com especially if you're coming to a new culture, a new way of life. You don't know what the social mores are, what the norms are. You, you have to learn everything. How and, and, our, and our idioms. Yes. You know, I once said to a student, I was running around crazy, and I said, oh, I said, don't, don't mind me. I, I'm wearing different hats today. She goes, you're not wearing any hat. 
<laughs> so I went, oh, so I had to stop and explain to her what that meant. Yeah. So it's all those little things. Now, see, we don't think of that. And, and just like in any country, if we went to a foreign country and we don't speak that language, there are colloquial phrases that, you know, we wouldn't know either. So right. you're really at a disadvantage and it's so important. I mean, one of the key things with, for me, the importance of adult learners learning to read is their family. If there's if they're not readers, there's no books in the house, no magazines, no news, no newspapers. Yeah. So the child does not see modeling, and they don't equate reading with um, leisure or you know something to amuse, entertain right. yourself, right. or, or gather in, edu- knowledge, education. Right. They yeah. only think reading is at school. Yeah, yeah. So well, I know this because the program I um, actually brought into my work uh, at a family center many years ago when I worked for Waterbury Youth Services was just that. It was uh, uh, parents reading to their children and there was a facilitator who would model that and then, you know, help the parents. And that's that's so critical. It's key. Yeah. Key to read to children. I mean, I, I am... One of the thrills of my life as uh, as a mom is that, you know, my obviously adult um, children now are they're men, <laughs> but um, they're both readers. One is more a reader for knowledge. Mm-hmm. The other is a pleasure reader. Right. And I love that. I mean, it, it, I'm just so happy, but I am an avid reader Me and too. I read to them Me always. Too. So as did my husband. So, you know, that that is important. So, OK, people are listening. They say, OK, how? Oh, I, how do I find out about becoming a volunteer? What do I need to do? Okay. Um, to become a volunteer, we ask that you, you donate two hours a week of your time. That's it. Two hours, once a week. Obviously, if you have time and you want to do twice a week, that's up to you. Some tutors do. Most do not. Okay. Um, you call the office. You talk to me. Okay. Um, What's the number? It's 203 754 one one six four. Okay. Now, and, if you don't get that, if you didn't write it down, you can find you on. Um, well, online. On, online. You could go to our Facebook page, or you could go to our website, which is www.lvgwct.org. That's simple. Yeah. And you're housed at the what? At the Silas Bronson Library in Grand uh, Grand Street in Waterbury. Downtown. Yep. Okay. So, yeah. and there's plenty of parking. There's and parking. Do most tutors uh, meet with their their student or their mentor, mentee? I don't know what your well, we, terminology we, we, is we, there or in other locations. It could be anywhere that's public. We have a few small groups that meet at the Barnes and Noble Cafe. Oh. Because um, it's easy parking. They go in. It's open longer hours. Than yes. At the library. Um, Someone is tutoring at Panera in Middlebury or oh. Woodbury, one of those times. Oh, yeah. So okay. wherever there's space and it's public, it's right, public space. Right. Um, and that makes sense yeah. because you know there's, you know, on both sides safety. Right. right. Yes. Is and boundaries. There's just sure. boundaries. Boundaries um, is a, the better way to say it. Yeah. And when you call, the first thing we do is we um, set you up with an orientation, and I go through the orientation and just explain basic information about the agency, and you can ask all the questions you want. And then if you decide to go on from there, you choose basic literacy or ESL um, training, and then we it's two two-hour trainings, and then we place you with a student. Wow. So you kind of bing, bang, boom, you get going right away. after yeah, our, next, f- our, our next ESL tutor training is coming up March 7th and March 
14th, two Saturdays, 9.30 to 11.30 each morning at the library. Okay. And so if um, they call ahead and do the orientation, we could put them right into those and get started right away and help these 23 people that are waiting. That's great. You know, I it, that's so important, and I wish we had more time. Unfortunately, we have to, um, I see that where uh, we need to take a break soon. We've been speaking with Denise Calabrese, the program director at Literacy Volunteers of Greater Waterbury. There's some trainings coming up if you have an interest if you thought gee you know can i do that i don't know i'm you know call denise talk to her go to an orientation have your questions answered and i think you're going to be surprised because from what i'm hearing is you know if you you know have a as she said earlier a command of the english language you can write speak read it you can you have something to offer to these 23 people that are motivated that want to learn the American, the English language, Correct. not American, the English language. So thank you for being with thank us this you. morning. I appreciate this. Um, it's Literacy Volunteers of Greater Waterbury. Say the number one more time. 203-754-1164. All right. And that was Denise Calabrese, Literacy Volunteers of Greater Waterbury. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to have our next guest, who will have us laughing out loud. LOL. Stay tuned. And we're back with Your Palace, Your Place. I'm Sherry Marcucci, your host. And this is a presentation of the Palace Theater in Waterbury, Connecticut. And I just want to make one more mention. Our previous guest, Denise Calabrese from Literacy Volunteers of Greater Waterbury, commented as she was leaving. I said, oh, I wish we talked about that. Um, That people with a low literacy level have a lower lifespan, have a less Mm -hmm. lifespan. And I thought, wow, that's uh, even more important to, um, you know, help people learn how to read and write in the language of the country they are living in. And also important to a long lifespan is LOL, LOL, <laughs> laughing out loud, laughter. And I have a man sitting next to me who, if you could just see his face, he has the greatest <laughs> face. I tell him this all the time. It's so full of life and joy. That's what it is, Jack. Jack Levine is our guest now. Welcome, Jack. Welcome. And thank you. You're welcome. And Jack is our next presenter in our ongoing uh, series called Second Act at the Palace Theater. Right. And he's going to be our presenter on March 3rd uh, in our Poli Club. And and Second Act, for those who may be um, listening for the first time or don't know, Second Act is a storytelling series uh, given by, presented by people who have an inspiring, funny, uh, aspirational story to tell about their second act of life. And Jack when he um, read about it, he he couldn't. Uh, I tell you, you you are a campaigner because he was bound <laughs> and determined to be one of our presenters. But the fact is, he has a great story, and that's why he is one of our upcoming presenters. So welcome. Thank you very much. Great and, to be here. Well, Jack, when we first met, <laughs> the thing you said a couple of things that really impressed me. But the one that was, you didn't retire for quite some time. Why? I was afraid to retire. 
actually uh, retired at 72. I was the chief financial officer. I read, and that was it. I thought I'd be bored in retirement. Well, as they used to say about the uh, late uh, entertainer, uh, uh, James Brown, who was the hardest working man in show business, <laughs> I think you're the hardest working man in retirement. <laughs> Because you have taken on so many um, fun things, fun fun things, and that yeah. was the other thing you said to me. Right. I don't care what I do as long as it's fun. Yes. And you could see that you're having a blast. I mean, it's all over, written all over your face. What are some of those fun things? Without giving away your whole story, of course, because we want you to come to hear Jack's story in person on March 3rd and enjoy a light supper with us, dinner, um, and, uh, and, and be entertained, because I, I'm sure that Jack is going to entertain us. So what are some of those oh, fun I'm things? Oh, definitely going to entertain and have fun. I do stand-up. I do improv, I do acting, and I've written three books. Um, I'm also starting to do puppetry, and um, yeah, and I... uh, I, I teach at Ollie program. Uh, Ollie, by the way, yeah. is one of our sponsors, and that's the Osier Lifelong Learning Institute. We've had Fiona DeMarillon, who is the um, director of the program, and uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful program, all kinds of classes. Right. What are you going to be teaching at Ollie? Well, I, I did it once already. I'm going to okay. do it a second time. I'm teaching how a novice, uh, like myself, could get into the performing arts and have a blast. And, 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 and the whole thing is you have to go all in. Energy, commitment, enthusiasm. In fact, when I take my improv uh, stuff, uh, everybody's 20 and 30s except for the old man <laughs> there. And I guarantee you I have as much energy as oh, anybody else. I have doubt. no doubt about that. <laughs> so what was the first thing you did? Was it the um, improv? No, the first thing I did is I wrote my memoir. And I did that primarily for uh, my grandchildren, but somebody read it and they thought it ought to be published. And wow. then from that, I did a second one, a third one, and now um, I've, I've- Wow, you, you have a I'm, lot of acts there going I have, on, um, I have a novel done, a murder mystery, and it's it's with the editor now on, uh-huh. on final review. But um, I, I, I'm also uh, practicing uh, rehearsals for a few, uh, you know, do the wrong thing, 12 Angry Jurors. It's the ah. same thing as 12 Angry Men, only with five women, which makes it really exciting. Um, so I, I did, I did the improv, and I had a lot of fun with that. And then, and then I did personal storytelling, which is more serious type thing. Um, I did. And where are you doing some of those things? In case somebody's uh, listening, sure. they say, "Oh, that's interesting. I'd like to check that out." Yeah, CT Comedy Theater. Uh, is where I've taken a lot of courses. Where is that? That's up in Hartford. Okay. And and great group of people up there. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and 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 I've also done uh, when we traveled down to South Carolina. I did a I did a couple of shows, uh, stand up comedy at uh, Myrtle Beach, <laughs> at a coffee club there. Now wait a minute. Yeah, okay, I, so I did that and stand up comedy. You've got to really put yourself out there. And and I remember your story. Uh, will you share this at Second Act about the first 
couple of times you forayed into this, and, and well, actually, what I, you said to me I, was I, was I, critical. I mean, to my picking you for this. Oh my gosh, I don't remember what was so critical. <laughs> it was the best line because so you were telling me that um, you got up. I think this was one of the first times you did stand up. Oh, I mean, uh, about my uh, panic attack? (laughs) Well, and nobody laughed initially, right? Oh, yes, yes, yes. And you said to me, but I didn't care. Yeah. Because I was doing this for me. Yeah. I, I, I now I remember the story. Uh, I actually signed up on the on the open mic, and anybody that signs up can go on. They don't. You don't have to have any experience. And I was number eight. And and when I hit to the fifth one, uh, I honestly thought about walking out and just forgetting about it. And and I and then I said to myself, well, Why I want to do this? This is the, nobody's dragging. And when I got on stage, it was an experience that was wonderful. I, I it just, it's just terrific. It's just great. And I heard a few laughs, but it didn't make any difference to me in terms of the joy I got from that. And, and I wanted that, to do it again. That was why you were selected because you you have I said you, you have joy all, written all over your face. Yeah. You are having a blast in life. You are laughing out loud. Yeah. Um and enjoying everything you do and You know, you said something when we were um, waiting for um, the show to start. You said a lot of people wait to retirement and think, I'm going to enjoy life now. And what did you say? Well, everybody's going to have problems. You have problems any any time of life. But don't say, oh, I'm going to wait till I retire before I have fun. Have fun. Enjoy. Take the boast out of life. And also another thing is I I make a conscious effort not to stay with people that are down. Mm. Uh, You know, if I'm in a conversation and somebody's just talking about how bad it is, I'll be empathetic to them. Sure. But I don't want to associate too much with people that are just going to bring me down. Life's too short. Enjoy it. You're so right. And I'm sure this enthusiasm for life has been a part of you. That's who you are. But if you can um, help people grasp that idea a little bit, I think that's really an important part of your message. Right. But I also want to say that when I was young, I was very insecure and very shy. So if anybody's listening that that says, oh, he's all extroverted and all that sort of stuff, it's true. I mean, I'm an extrovert right now, but I worked at becoming that way. And we're going to talk about that. And I'm going to show people that you really can enjoy life and have a ball. Wow. And and and, and you know, laugh that's at the an same intre- time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting. Um, that's interesting because most people um, think, well, this is my personality type and I'm going to be this, you know, I'm not going to change. But you actually said I opened myself up to embrace some. Right. And, and you, you're one of those unique people, I think this might be unique, um, that you're because your your profession was you were Counting. using your left brain, right? I, yeah. I always get this. I think left brain <laughs> means you're more detailed, number oriented, and then yeah. right brain is that creative side, right. or maybe it's vice versa. But anyway, but you are one of those people who embraced all sides, and yeah. and I think that's you know that's be open. I think that's right. pre- pretty much you were you're open to life. Well, some of the people say that's the way I am. It's almost like when you're young, somebody t- 
tells you you're something and you try to live up to that something and, and, and don't. Yeah. Be, be yourself. Be yourself. That's a great message, Jack. And if you're listening and wondering, what are we talking about? We're talking with Jack Levine, who, um, and you live in um, Be- Beacon Falls. Beacon Falls. Right. Jack Levine from Beacon Falls. And Jack is going to be our presenter for the March 3rd second act presentation taking place at 6 o'clock at the Palace Theater in our beautiful, intimate Poli Club. You have dinner beforehand, meet some great other people who attend. That's what I love about second act. People are making relationships, connecting friendships with people. We have people coming from all over the state. We have people coming from Norwalk. I mean, <laughs> and it and it's great. So um, if you're listening, how do I get tickets? You call the Palace Theater, 203-346-2000. You go to our website, palacetheaterct.org, or you come down and see us in person, 100 East Main Street. And if you're an AARP or an OLLI, Osher Lifelong Learning Institute member, you get um, your ticket discounted, so it's $20 instead of 25 And we want to thank our sponsors of Second Act, Village of East Farms, uh, OLLI, and um, Peak Physical Therapy. Jack, can't wait to have oh you boy. in the room. We're You're going to have us LOLing for Absolutely. sure. Come and we're going to take a quick break. Thank you. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be back with two very interesting people who know what it is to be hip and cool. So stay tuned. Entertaining new possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. Shows for the whole family. And we're back with your palace, your place. I'm Sherry Marcucci. You're listening to us at WATR 1320 AM. And with us now, we have two guests um, by phone. And they're both calling, one from Vegas, I think, and one from right here in Connecticut. But I want to welcome Lisa Dawn Miller and Andy Scurrow to your palace, your place this morning. Good morning. Good morning. And good morning, Lisa. We don't have Lisa. We have Andy. Uh-oh. Well, I hope we get Lisa very quickly because Lisa's, you know. I know. It's well, about us, but it's about it's about Lisa. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Lisa. Are you with us? Well, you know what? While they're working on the technical end, um, I'm going to just introduce Andy. We're here to talk today about two things. One is that we have on March 6th coming to the Palace Theater, Buddy Hackett's Rat Pack show on March 6th. And Lisa Dawn Miller is not only in the show, but she's a producer of the show. And her husband is Sandy Hackett, who is Buddy Hackett, one of the infamous Rat Pack foursomes. Um, Buddy is, I mean, um, yeah, Buddy is her husband. Um, so Sandy, rather, is her husband. So um, anyway, and, but and it's t- a great show. It is real. I am really excited that it's coming to the palace because I love this show. It's a, it's a fun show. I've seen it multiple times. And I grew up in Las Vegas. So I, mean, oh. I, I, I grew up my stepfather was a stagehand at Caesars Palace. So I used to see Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. And, and you know, and then here it is to see them, to, to see someone doing that now. It just brings you to that moment that well, I experienced as a kid in Las Vegas. Well, you know, that when I think back to that time period, that was these four people that are depicted in Sandy Hackett's Rat Pack show, they were the epitome of hip 
and cool. Yeah, sure De- Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, Buddy Hackett, Sammy Davis Jr. And we we have had this show has been to our venue before. People love it, and it brings you back to a place in time. And did we find Lisa? Is Lisa? I think we did. Lisa, are you there? Oh no, we still didn't find Lisa. Well, any, you know, Lisa. Well, hopefully, she, hopefully, she'll join us because she's on the line. We just can't she, get her. She's on the line, and as soon as we figure out how to hear her, we'll we'll get her with us. But um, Andy, you joined us this morning because not only do you love Rap Pack, but you and Lisa have forged a relationship, and you're working on actually a musical about Lisa's dad, Ron Miller, who was a very prolific songwriter. Um, and, and just some of the um, music he wrote, songs like For Once in My Life, Touch Me in the Morning, Heaven Help Us All, um, Yester Me, Yester You, Yesterday. I mean, I grew up with these songs. And, That's and, right. And you are doing a show about Ron well, Miller. Yes. And it's a, it's a really fascinating... Ron Miller has a fascinating story. Lisa has a fascinating story, and it and and how it all connects is a really interesting thing. So I'll I'll give you a little of that history. So um, back in 2000, I work for Universal Music Group, and I am also a Motown historian and a collector. Oh, and so I, I yes, so I produce reissues and compilations and things, and I also handle the uh, Master Sheet Library at Universal. So back in 2007, I was producing an expanded edition, which was um, like it was. Basically, there was a Diana Ross album called Last Time I Saw Him, and it had never been out on CD. So we were putting that album out as an expanded edition with bonus tracks. So these bonus tracks were um, songs that had either never been released or alternate vocals and things, and I wanted to get the details about this album of which Ron Miller had written um, a, a few songs for. Songs called Sleep Hello. and a song called Hi, Sleep. Lisa. Oh, I hear Hi, Lisa. Sherry. Andy, we have Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm breaking in you? on you, Andy. I'm sorry. Okay. okay, we'll come back to that. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, Lisa, we, we kind of, Andy and I have been chatting and we're trying to set up, um, you know, uh, your your role with um, Andy and your Rat Pack. And so thank you for being patient. And I apologize for our technical difficulties. So, Lisa, tell, give us a little bit of history about the, the, how Rat Pack came to be. Um, well, my husband, uh, as you know, Sandy yes. Hackett, yes. Um, he had been um, talking about doing a Rat Pack show for quite a while, and um, he wrote a script uh, which is based on Frank, Sammy, Joey, and Dean, uh, when they were all in Las Vegas uh, in 1960, uh, filming uh, Ocean's Eleven, oh. and he thought, "What a great idea to to bring something like this to live theater because that." period of time and those iconic legends are still so celebrated today um so he put a show together and uh i met him a couple years later and uh with his comedy background his father being buddy hackett and my musical background we came up with a show that recreates what it would have been like to have actually seen those guys on stage and the voiceover of God was recorded by Sandy's father, Buddy Hackett, before he passed away. So um, oh, wow. the story 
is based on God sends the Rat Pack back to do one last show, <laughs> and they are in their prime, but we bring them back to current day, so we can pick up current comedy. Uh, so they pick up everything as if they're just being born today, and it's a really fun, entertaining, um, very uh, comedic show. Sandy plays Joey Bishop brilliantly in the show. He's really uh, the the star of our show and uh, brings it all together. A lot of people don't realize that um, uh, his character, Joey Bishop, uh, Joey Bishop in, in real life wrote all of the comedy for the Rat Pack. So, oh. um, you know, but all of those guys were were huge stars on their own in the you know movies and 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 um, uh, recordings. And then I came on and we wanted to do something different so we changed all the arrangements um we have some original songs in the show which i know we're going to talk about my father um yes. i play a character uh, called frank's one one frank's one love which is based on frank sinatra's relationship with ava gardner wow. and sing some original songs that my father wrote so um it's a really fun show and we love the palace i just wanted to say we've been there a couple of times yes. and the audiences are amazing there so we're really really looking forward to coming back. We are a Rat Pack loving town. You know, we 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 uh, have Jersey Boys this season. We had Bronx Tale. Those are our kind of shows. We love them in this um, city. So, Lisa, you you are such an interesting person to me because you your background is you you were, we're in the corporate world and but yeah. you grew up you grew up with entertainment, with performing, and 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 your dad, of course, his legacy. I, I already um, talked a little bit about some of his songs and the songs that we would all know and recognize the titles. And now your children are even in the show, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, well, it's or performers. Yeah, well, both. I mean, my my son, who is now um, a student at NYU Tisch School of the Arts, no. amazing singer, um, <laughs> he played young Frank Sinatra. We're actually in our 11th season. So uh, he grew up with this show, and he played young Frank Sinatra, and it was so fun to have him in the show. Um, and now our daughter plays a character based on Nancy Sinatra, and she oh. does a, uh, a duet with the character of Dean Martin, and it's just it's so great. I mean, she gets to, to uh, you have her comedic skills in there and her singing skills, and, and they just they have a lot of fun. Both of them are, are drama students and performers professionally as well, and uh, we, we have a great time traveling with the show. Now, let's segue a little bit into talking about the show that you and Andy um, are writing together um, based on your dad. Um, mm -hmm. that, which is when you mentioned, oh, my writing partner is lives in Connecticut. I was like, really? That's kind of interesting. And <laughs> this is a show you're working on to bring to Broadway eventually. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, we we've um, been touring Rat Pack for eleven years, and um, we I decided, you know what, it's time to go to Broadway, um, but I want to go there with a a show about my father who mm. you know for all of the the songs that he's written like for once in my life touch me in the morning place in the sun yesterday 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 sunday yeah. christmas i've never been to me if i could on and on and on um a lot of people don't know his name and they don't know his story they right. know of his songs or they think other people wrote yes those songs so it's a very interesting story about not just a songwriter but about 
my father the man he was an incredible um human being mm-hmm. um he had to be in order to to write songs that resonated at that level sure um, sure what if, he, um, what if, what if that's a fascinating history and a story. And I'm going to tell you something. As I was um, getting ready for the show, I was thinking this. One of the reasons I think Jersey Boys was such a hit, of course, the music, but it's the story that yeah. you you learn things. I learned things. I grew up with Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. I learned things I never knew about them. And so I'm, as I'm, you know, the things you sent to me to read through, I saw, I wonder, this could be another one of those, not just a jukebox musical because it's, you know, got some good songs that we all know and grew up with, but the story. Yeah. Well, what's really interesting is that, you know, for every, for once in my life, my father wrote, there's a hundred songs that no one ever heard. I mean, they're just as beautiful. And I know this for a fact, because as a performer and a singer, I go out there and I get to, I have that unique, rare experience of um, not only administering and managing the catalog, but I get to be a performer on stage and I get to see and feel how the audience reacts to these songs. So we'll go with Rat Pack. And people will love all the Rat Pack songs and everything. But after the show, we do a meet and greet. We shake hands with everybody. Uh, everybody will come up and say, you know, I love Luck Be a Lady, but what was that song that you sang? That was amazing. I uh, love that touched me. I cried. I just said that. So I know that songs that are in this catalog, people are going to just absolutely love and I am going to put most of the unknown songs to tell the narrative of course we'll have the hits that my father wrote because people know those songs and that establishes who he is but the 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 story is going to be told by the unknown songs that are in the catalog that are gems and his story is very interesting because he a lot of people don't realize this he was the first white writer of Motown Records and the story wow. goes that he was he was he was born in Chicago and he was in a piano bar in Chicago um he was you know trying to make ends meet by selling washing machines and delivering pizzas um and this man walked in and heard my father playing the piano with this piano bar and he was singing and he kept tipping he kept giving him you know five dollars ten dollars five dollars and by the end of the night he had a lot of money for back then and the man came up to him and he said you know do you have any more songs like that he said oh i don't know about 1200 and he goes well my name is barry gordy and i've just started a company oh my god what a great story yeah now we i have to interrupt for a minute lisa because we have less than five minutes and i want to you know andy's now uh, is is patient how did andy how how, what's your role in working with lisa on this story. Okay, so uh, the quick two-second history is that in 2007, I was working on a Diana Ross project, and I reached out to Lisa to get uh, to get quotes from her father, who was still at that time still with us. Okay. And it and we started a friendship at that moment. Lisa sent me her album, Fly Away, which is an incredible album of different songs. Most of them are from her father's catalog. Some are, some are not. And I recognized Lisa's beautiful warmth and her voice and her father's catalog, which I already knew from my uh, work through most Motown and Universal. Right. So it connected the two of us, and, and I told her, I would love to work with you on something. And she said, I'd love to work with you on something. Oh. And then for once in my <laughs> life, the Ron Miller story came out of that. 
Oh my God. I love, I love hearing how people connect and then what comes out of those connections. I mean, that's what makes life so rich. And, and certainly uh, theater folk, I I think you're more uh, maybe open sometimes to seeing how those connections can make something happen. And I I, I just wanted to add one thing about Andy. Andy did something that um, to this day is still with me. Um, after my father passed away, because Andy also runs the vault at Universal, so he's in charge of keeping the Motown master recording, recordings alive and safe, and he has access to everything that's never been heard before, and he sent me six recordings of my mother, who was also an incredible singer and Motown songwriter, and my father singing songs that they wrote in 1960. I'd never heard them before. This was after my father passed. They were in their prime. They were young. I'd never heard the songs. He said, I found this in the vault. I wanted you to have it. It was so beautiful. Some of those songs are now going in the show. That's that's a beautiful story. And I wish we had more time. Um, I'm getting the high sign. I have a minute left. I have to wrap up the show and and close the show. But I want to remind people, we've been talking to Lisa Dawn Miller and Andy Skrow. Lisa is um, a performer and a producer and she and her husband are bringing sandy hackett her husband is sandy hackett sandy hackett's rat pack to the palace theater on march 6th get your tickets um it's going to be a blast and and to know that you get to meet them afterward the whole cast love that um thank you both thank you for taking the time out of your busy days to be with us on your palace your place look forward to meeting you on march 6th thank you thank you so much you're welcome and that is all we have time for this morning i can't believe how fast this time has gone this morning. I say that all the time. You've been listening to Your Palace, Your Place, a presentation of the Palace Theater in Waterbury, Connecticut. I'm Sherry Marcucci. It's been my pleasure. Stay tuned for your local news coming up next. And Steve Knoxon with Talk of the Town. And we'll be with you again in two weeks. Stay tuned till next time. Bye bye. Your Palace, Your Place. Your Palace, Your Place.